Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. We are back with another episode of the Talk On Podcast, and the January window is now shut. We're going to be here, we're going to talk about that, kind of shoot the shit a little bit. Talk about some transfers um, from us as well as other clubs' business this past January. And we're going to go ahead and look forward to the Spurs game soon too as well. So tonight on the podcast with me, I've got Ali G all the way in San Francisco, soon to be Orange County again. Ali, what's going on? Hey, hey. Yeah, L.A. area. Excited oh, to that's move. right. You're going back to L.A., huh? <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Just lovely, Ali. And lovely we also here. got yeah. uh, Tyler Vinyl. Tyler, it's good to have you back on, man. It's been a while. Yes, sir. We're bringing out the big hitters for this one, huh? Absolutely. Just calling the best. <laughs> That's how we do it. Uh, <laughs> gents, before we get into it, intro question. Obviously, the transfer window just shut. Who is your least favorite transfer mo- or most underwhelming uh, transfer that Liverpool have had in the past or just maybe when you were the most upset when, when somebody left the club? Tyler, who you got? Uh that's an easy one for me. Jumps out right away. I, I am still bummed that we uh, seemingly pushed Danny Agger out a little bit early. Uh, I thought he was a, a great ambassador to the club, owns a pub or two in the town. You know, he's got his You'll Never Walk Alone tattoos. He was a true, you know, scouser. And I thought we let him go a little bit too early. I thought he still had a place in the team. <clears throat> we were trying to recruit some Danes, uh, a la Christian Erickson at the time. He could have been helpful in that. Um I thought he had more to offer the club, but I remember being heartbroken to uh, to see him go. And uh, it's fun to see, you know, you catch videos and clips of him every now coming back for games. So it shows he was a someone who loved the club a lot. Yes, yeah, second best Danish player we've had behind Christian Poulsen, of course. Um, so he was, <laughs> yeah, great, great player for us. Uh, Ali, who do you got? <clears throat> well, I can look back to just fourteen, fifteen, the transfer market, and I can name almost every player. Um, you can go through Markovic, Balotelli, even look at Emir Chan. I can look into the future. We're going to lose him, and that could be really hurtful. You know what Just I mean? Just a transfer Asaidi. window as a whole. That's so depressing. I know. Asaidi, we thought Asaidi was going to be so good, too. Didn't you think uh, Sebastian uh, Coates was going to be amazing at one oh point? Oh, my God. Just with the, the half bike? Yeah. And then yeah. letting Pepe Reina go. I know he was on his downfall, but still, all that Holy just really hurt. Been for Napoli for years, yeah. Right, right. Jeez, that's a. I didn't even realize how bad that window was then for us. Goodness gracious, that's a great call right there. Um, I, mine, the one that sticks out to me is Alberto Aquilani. I just thought he was going to be the best player uh, for us, the best midfielder we'd had in a while. Um, I mean, obviously, no one was going to fill Jabby's shoes. But I just I feel like he was going to be so perfect for us, just his, his uh, range of passing and being able to hopefully dictate things, and then just another Italian failure at Liverpool. And, and, just, and I really like him too. Loss. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to be so good. It was he was a, well, he was pretty expensive, wasn't he? Like twenty four million or something the, back the in the didn't day. Didn't we buy him with a broken ankle? <laughs> yeah, he had a busted ankle for like we a did. year almost, I think, too. Um, yeah, he's but, no Fabio Barini, that's for sure. Oh, my Lord. I feel bad for Fabio Brennan Rogers' first <laughs> signing. 
like you see him in the van and everyone's like, all right, all right, Brendan knows what he's doing. He's going to bring in this like young kid who's just going to get everything. And then oh, there's so many just bummer busts over over the, the years. Goodness, even like recent years, just thinking about all the players that we had to go through under like Woy and even someone under Push. Brendan. It's been Balkanchesky, there's a lot, oh, yeah. Oh my god, don't talk about yeah. I can't believe we even got him after, especially after that cafe. <laughs> but anyways, uh, gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into it because we've been talking obviously a lot on Slack with some of the boys and there seems to be a split of opinion kind of in our Slack chat, which seems to sort of be the same right now in general amongst Liverpool fans. I do think there is a lot of disappointment in general. Uh, if you If you look at the the transfer window as a whole, we took a step back by selling Coutinho. We took a step forward by picking up Van Dyke. Um, but we, you know, other players were making or other teams were making move for other players, and there were players that were available for us, um, such as Lamar, maybe Keita coming early. But also, there's a lot of people under the opinion that. You know, Klopp wants his certain players, and if we can't get them now, then ride with Klopp and, and ride with the club and see, you know, we'll strengthen in the summer. He he believes in the team now, and we can make top four. So just in general, uh, you know, Tyler, your overall thoughts on this transfer window, do you think, you know, it was a poor one? Do you think that it was, you know, we, we did the business with Van Dyke that we needed to do, and we knew that Coutinho was going to leave, so overall it was an okay window? Or are you just saying, you know what, our squad's strong enough, I'm happy with what we did, and you've got to trust in Klopp moving forward? I'd say overall, I'd give it about a C. <clears throat> you can't, you sell Coutinho, you loan out Sturridge, you loan out, um, you know, Harry Wilson, Gruichic, all, all these players who, yes, they weren't going to get minutes. Sturridge, maybe the, maybe the different story there, but, um, you know, not, not key players really just weaken the squad and you don't so much as bring anyone in. Virgil's a huge signing. Don't get me wrong. My hope and expectation I think of everyone is that he's going to be a key figure in the squad for, for years. I just, the amount of quality and quantity that we lost and the amount of quality and quantity that we gained don't add up. And I think on the whole, we're weaker for it. So you can't give positive marks for that. Yeah, all right. To see, it's definitely bang average right there with with what seems to be a lot of people's opinions. Ali, what do you do you think about this transfer window? Well, I'm going to take you through my thought process and my feelings throughout the whole transfer window. So, beginning of January, I thought, yeah, maybe we can get Lamar since we were um, linked to him in the summer when we thought we we're going to lose Coutinho. Then I kept thinking to myself, well, I don't think Klopp's going to bring someone in like that. So I went through, I went from excited to just whatever. I don't really care. Then we lost Coutinho, and I was really sad. And then I started getting depressed. <laughs> and then I just hated Liverpool, <laughs> hated everything. Then I started thinking about, okay, wait, we got Klopp. He's a world-class manager. Everything's going to be fine. He's not just going to buy a shiny new toy again. We got Virgil van Dijk. was pretty excited about that. So right now, I think we're, in, we're still in good hands. We did lose a lot of players and some squad depth, but we weren't really using that depth. So... I think we had a bonus time of having Coutinho, and we already pretty much set up the squad to lose him in the summer. So I think we're fine right now. I think it'll take some time for players to bed into a team, so that's why we're not going after big players in the summer, especially, I mean, in the in the um, 
January transfer market, especially in front of a World Cup season. So I think we did everything fine. It's going to be okay. Klopp knows what he's doing. He likes to coach players. He likes to, you know, he doesn't, he's not really a checkbook manager. So he's, he's dealing with the new transfer window where he's spending 75 million on the player he wants. And I know he's a little stubborn with the players he wants, but he's just not going to buy someone as a stopgap to fill in right now because that money's going to go towards the player he wants. So I, I trust him and I'm just letting him do his thing. Yeah, I'm, I want to kind of get down to the level where you guys are at in terms of, you know, calmness and like just, <laughs> be, just you know, being okay with what happened. And, you know, I, I definitely do trust Klopp and, you know, the club because the recent transfers that they made ha- have been excellent. You can go talk about Mane, how people are on the fence with him. Wijnaldum, people are on the fence with him. Uh even Ox, you know, people are on the fence with Ox as well. And, and Klopp seems to be proving a lot of people wrong. And, you know, the players... You forgot our he, best player. What's that? Klopp, you forgot our best player. Oh, I mean, I thought that was just a given. Everyone assumed that <laughs> Ragnar was was one of the main guys who, who we've been thankful for, for Klopp bringing in. But, um, I, I mean, just you have to trust what, what Klopp is doing, and I get that, but... I don't want to say like this is Klopp's fault. I don't want to say this is FSG's fault because I really, you know, nobody I think really knows except for for the people up there and the people up top. I mean, everyone can have their suspicions, but the money is there. We know that the money's there. Monaco openly said they were willing to sell Thomas Lamar. Yes, he he was valued, you know, at a, a pretty high price, but let's just say that you know, Lamar, I know he's not an absolutely regular starter for France, but he will get minutes this World Cup, and they are expected to go far. And what if he's a big reason and why they go far and his, you know, price skyrockets and there's going to be other clubs looking for him? What if Bayern uh, needs to come looking for someone because they're going to need a winger soon with their aging wingers or, um, you know, any other big clubs? Um, so, you know, like that was just an opportunity for me to bring somebody in to replace a player that you lost, your your best player that you just lost. And I know we're in a better spot than we were when we sold Suarez. Not that I'm comparing them, but in a sense, I am in terms of selling your best player at that time. Our squad is in a much better place. But I just feel like we could have added. For instance, we've been linked to like uh, Lucas Mora, <clears throat> I think Quincy Promes. Uh, I mean, Lucas Moore went to to Spurs for twenty five mil. Like that's, that's which a, is a steal, I think. Yeah, it could be. Steal. It could turn out to be a great deal for Spurs. Yes, I know we, you know, Drew might have not fit the system. I wasn't really ever making a case for him. But for instance, someone like that goes for for that price, and and you think, what if Bobby Firmino gets injured? You know, we we could be screwed with Solanke and Ings. Like, I, I don't get me wrong, I love both those players, but I, I don't think they're ready to to start for a top four contending club right now. At least they haven't proven so. So, I, I just I, I come with the overall feeling come come away after the window with just you know I'm more angry at the club whether whoever you want to put the blame on I don't care, but I feel like we needed to get another player, especially I mean. Sturridge has been fit, but Klopp hasn't started. And we're going to go ahead and assess each player in a second, you know, going through the transfer window. But, like, that's just another reason why it's like, how do you not bring somebody in when you just sold one of your most prolific strikers of the last five years? It's it's just crazy to me. And so... Well, he wasn't using him. And right. I think people aren't managing their expectations correctly because Klopp is a guy who's already said this 
time and time again that he likes to buy players not at the highest level, but he likes to train them and coach them to fit the system, to fit his values. So just like you saw with Kagawa, Goza, Sahin, uh, Subotic, um, even Gundogan and uh, Royce, all these players, they went through, I guess, a whole new level after Klopp like dealt with them. He's coached these players to even higher levels. So he's that type of manager. Exactly. Look at Bobby Firmino. So he's not going to go buy someone, especially in January. I don't, I don't know if it was the club, FSG, who didn't push for the deal or if, if Klopp said, no, we don't need him right now because it's going to take so long to embed him into the team. It's not really worth it at this point. So I'm just on board with what Klopp's doing. He, he can get the best out of all his players. He wants to coach the players. I think fans just need to manage their expectations that we're not going to be like Manchester United, Manchester City, by top-of-the-level players. We're going we're gonna to build them. Listen, just, just imagine being a City fan. They, they lose one of, arguably one of their best, obviously one of their best wingers, uh, to an injury. And then a day later, they get linked with Mares. Uh, shocker. <laughs> Wouldn't that I be know. nice if that, that's the way it worked for all clubs? First of all, crazy that Mares didn't go anywhere in general. I'm, I'm surprised oh. that Leicester didn't sell him when they could have gotten an insane amount of money for him. Like maybe even 50, right. 60 million. But anyways, Ali, I, I totally get that. But at the same time, it's like this isn't Dortmund. This is the Premier League <clears throat> Excuse me, where – these clubs, especially at the top, now have more money, especially because of TV deals. We just sold our best player, and we have a lot of money. Like, spend the extra $15, $20 million to bring Keita over. Leipzig, I think, for a certain price, we're willing to do it. Go get him. Bring him over. We already He's already his player. It's somebody that Klopp, we already know, wants. You know, Klopp, you know, every link from every credible source has said that Klopp wants to bring Thomas Lamar in. You know, so what if you can't get him for like 60 mil? Go pay the 75, 80, potentially the question, 85 mil to bring him in. The problem, though, Joey, the problem and the question is, does Klopp want to bring these players late in a season where you can't coach and train them into the system that he already has set up? You don't know if that's his choice not not going through with it. I'm not but I, I I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Ty, just one sec. I'm, I'm not expecting like him to come in and be the savior for our season. We have a strong squad. I think it'd be awesome to go get a player, have him bed in for the the rest of the season, see how things go and near towards the end of the season, not have to put like, you know, an insane amount of pressure on him, even though he would come with a high price tag that gives him enough time to bed in. So when the summer hits, boom, he's got his full preseason already bedded in, got everything outside of like football related stuff settled, maybe in the city, in his place. And he's just boom, ready to go for the next season full. Like I would have loved. I mean, I understand that, but we, we did that with VVD and I think, just doing it for more players just causes too much chaos. Too many new faces in January in, in a system where Klopp we have demands a lot face, of the player. Though. That's it. I, Why can't we have two? I just, know. You know? It's I mean, just, I, I just think I think it's more of his decision than FSG penny pinching. I hope that's, that's the case, Allie. And then, sorry, Ty, go ahead. What, what are you going to say? No, I'm sure we're going to talk. I actually agree with pretty much everything you just said. We're, we're ganging up on Ali here. But uh, my bigger concern is we're one injury – in any position other than left back and right back away from being <laughs> which is crazy that you just said that. wild wild to think that considering our outside backs have forever <laughs> right. been an issue but uh you know we have co- we have reasonably competent players uh, alberto moreno having his like uh brain lapses aside reasonably competent players at both those positions anywhere else in the field if we get an injury we are in serious trouble we're going to be playing like a makeshift frankenstein lineup again to figure out how to get the best players in the field. And I just, I don't, we could have signed so many players while being like a stopgap 
you could have added at least not sent people out. You know, you put some yes. players out on loan and stuff like that. Sturridge, Sturridge probably get two games. Look what Sturridge did last year. I remember watching him play in West Ham when he was finally healthy. And yes, it was like very end of the season. Didn't really even do much before that, but he basically cemented top four for us. He helped us win like three games in a row to cement top four. If it wasn't for him connecting with Coutinho, putting the goals in, who knows what it would have been playing striker and scoring the goals. Right. I just, I think we're, we're sparse right now. We're really thin and a single injury, knock on wood, is going to be a serious problem. I better hear you knock on wood right now. <laughs> but okay, I, I agree what you say, and I, and I love I love Sturridge, one of my favorite players, favorite Liverpool players. But if, if it wasn't a World Cup season, I don't think he'd be loaned out. He'd still be on the bench and you know wanting and helping us, you know, as a as a squad depth player. I, I think because so, it's a World Cup season, that's why he probably asked to get moved so he can play. So you don't need to say yes, though, right? I mean, right. And I, Ali, I get that, and he's he's like one of your players, and one of the players that everybody loves, especially you know given what he's done for us in the past in terms of his, his goal contributions, and you know what he's done in the city, just a, a great teammate. And of course, you want to let Sturridge go and get minutes so he can cement himself in probably what's going to be his last World Cup, you know, attempt to get into the squad, and he deserves it. But at the same time, just like Tyler, you were saying. If Bobby gets injured, I don't care if Sturridge doesn't fit Klopp to a T. There's no way that Klopp doesn't play Sturridge in some of those games, like especially hypothetically Champions League or like in a run-in at the end of the season. There's no way he wouldn't play Sturridge. Sturridge scores goals, and and yeah, we know we wanted to leave, but like I just I don't know, man. That's it's just I think risky. we can we we can swap around our midfield midfielders like Lallana and Ox and push Salah or Mane up top, and I think. We can get creative that way as well. So I think Klopp has to keep our for midfield me. healthy. Lallana hasn't played in five months. I, mean, I think the biggest the the biggest issue for me with all this was not bringing Keita in this season. Yeah, I think that was I, the I, issue. I think that's right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That would have definitely and that would have given him some time to solidify his spot heading into next season again. So, like, let's just name some of like. Okay, so we obviously brought in Van Dyke. We brought in uh, who Tony Gallagher, that left back from Falkirk. I mean, young kid, really. I mean, everyone was just like, oh, what, what was this anyway? Um, <laughs> Two hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah, it was something. That, yeah, I mean, was that crowdfunded? <laughs> net, net spend, net spend, net spend. <laughs> there you go, there you go. But you know, hopefully, it'll be something in the future. That's just there's no reason to really you know talk too much about him, seeing as how you know we don't really know much about him. We just talked about Sturge and, and his loan to West Brom. You know, now that it's done, Ali, I definitely do agree with you. And it's like now that, you know, there's no going back and it is what it is, I'm happy for him. I really hope he does well at West Brom for the remainder of the season. And I hope that he gets his, his spot behind Kane as, as you know, the, the top two strikers. Because when, when he's fit and he's firing, you know, I, only Kane is better than him in England. And, and I truly believe that. It's not really the bias out of me. I just I think that he is that Watch type him. of player. I agree. And watch him come out. He's Agent Sturridge. He's going to be Spurs, Chelsea, United yes. City. Just yeah. help us get top four in a different way. That would be the best <laughs> thing ever. Oh, God. Um, just like what Walcott just did with uh, Arsenal. Yeah, pretty pretty ridiculous. Right. Anyways, um, we, you know, someone who we briefly mentioned earlier who I just want to get your, your guys' quick opinion on, and I just feel terrible for, like I genuinely do, is Lazar Markovic. I mean, he's he was about to go out on his on his fourth loan, and – he got halted for whatever reason it was. I think Swansea got IU. Um, so that got halted. 
Um, but like, you know, you, Ander, the, he was supposed to go to Anderlecht too, and, and that got halted for whatever reason. But you just, you feel terrible for him because we've pretty much ruined him. Um, I think he, what he was, he was a Rogers buy after Suarez left. Just like, all right, let's throw 20 million at this young kid who has a lot of promise, and we never really gave him the chance. And so, you know, for me at least, Ali, I just feel terrible for him. Yeah, we played him as the Victor Moses <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, position that Chelsea plays him at. I think, I think it wasn't a Rodgers buy. I think it was more of a committee buy, and I think Rodgers just was forced to use yeah. him, so he used him as a, a wing back, and I think that kind of just destroyed his entire mentality and and growth as a player. And I, I always thought that we could use him as a winger or top top uh, three player in the top three, but we just never got the chance to do that. I don't know what Klopp's doesn't see in him I, I always thought he had a lot of potential and i thought his biggest years were the the year after brendan rogers left us and just never got a chance so i just, i honestly feel really bad for him because before he came here he won um the league every season he played so <laughs> that that soon ended yeah that's that what was it for like two or three different clubs too something like that so yeah um yeah tyler i mean is there any way back for him he, he you almost want to be like, all right, at the very least, maybe try and see if he can get into this squad just because he has pace and he could be a backup to one of the wide players at all. I mean, I know that we have Ox as a backup, but, you know, I feel like, I guess obviously at this point, you know, he's not getting any minutes and, you know, after his, you know, Klopp sees him training all the time, but, you know, you just, you feel left like just such a waste of a talent here. Yeah, and his confidence must be so low. You know, as uh, I'm sure as players, you guys understand, it's all a confidence game. Once your head's out of it and you're not really believing in your your abilities, there's there's almost it's such a it's such quicksand, you know. And I, I got to imagine he's pretty low. The only way to overcome this is to play yourself back into the team. I don't see unless he goes out and starts banging in four goals a game for the U23s. I don't see it happening. And Harry Wilson was doing that and he got sent out on loan. So I don't even know that there's an availability as a uh, as a wing in the squad, barring an injury. Uh, again, knock on wood. So I just I don't see any way back for him. I think if he goes out on loan somewhere, manages to get out, manages to do very well, uh, that would be great. But I even from what I've seen when he's been out on loan, you know, I'd watch games that he played just because I I also was very excited when we signed him. Still have some hope for him, but he. He never, he lost his directness, his confidence. You know, he used to just grab the ball and sprint up the whole length of the field. And now he, he makes poor decisions and doesn't, doesn't go direct and um, just isn't, doesn't look like the player he was. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, again, his confidence must be shot. It's sad to see. So, uh, you know, that, that is hope that's pretty much the case of, of Lazar Markovic. I'm, I'm wondering in the summer, you know, he's got to get his move, and hopefully there's still a little bit left in him because he's still young enough to maybe get something out of him. But, uh, Tyler, going to go right back to you, a player you just mentioned who I wanted to, to briefly discuss is Harry Wilson. Signing a new deal with Liverpool and then going out um, on loan to Hull. I still, uh, like, there, the, some. you know, you look at some of the players in our academy, and he's just been one for the U23s who's just been consistent. He's been banging in goals. He's, he's been captain. He's a leader. Um, I still have very high hopes for him. I hope that he gets a good run out at Hull before the end of the season. Uh, I mean, I, I was reading an article on him this morning, actually, which is why he jumped to mind. Since last se- and since the start of last season, he scored 42 goals. Like, Crazy. if you have that kind of production, you're captaining the team. 
and you can't you can't even get a sniff for the first team. I, I get it. I think Klopp has really high hopes for Woodburn, even though we haven't really seen him this year. Uh, I think towards the back end of this season, you're going to see some some Woodburn in the wide positions, and that's why we stopped Woodburn's loan and sent Wilson out. But I also have huge, you know, very very high hopes for Wilson, and I hope the the club he's been a great player for the club like you said he's captain the team he you know helps blood other younger players uh i've heard and read nothing but good things about him so i do hope the club gives him a chance yeah let's hope and ali you know he's pretty damn good at set pieces too which would be nice seeing him come through the team so any thoughts on harry wilson and you know just like tyler mentioned uh you know woodburn club blocked the loan move must mean you know he's going to get some minutes at some point this season i fancy him in the midfield myself what do you think yeah, I think he'll play probably in Coutinho's first position under Klopp, you know, in the top top three on the left side. Um, but I, I'm happy for Harry. I want him to do well. He looks like he's going to be a proper footballer for the first team. Doesn't he just look, give you that yeah, that vibe? The way, <laughs> yeah, he looks like a pro. Great head, like he's just great head of hair on that kid. Yeah. Oh great yeah, hair. great hair. Great flow. Great flow. But no, I'm excited to watch him play and see how he does. I think he's going to take the chance. And those are both, you know, the two players you mentioned who I think are going to do really well for the Welsh team. Um, you know, Gareth Bale has obviously said a lot about Woodburn, but I think Harry, you know, he, he made his, I think, I believe his first call up as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I am, but I, I, I thought I, I'd seen him get into the team. And I think that they're going to be really uh, positive players going forward for that, that Welsh side. So um, unfortunately, they didn't make it to the World Cup, but uh, hopefully big things from those two youngsters. Go ahead and continue. Just uh, if you, if you, you know any of these names, guys. If you just want to highlight anybody, um, Ajaria, who's on loan to Sunderland, uh, Lloyd Jones to Lutton, Gruyich, who I'm really happy got his loan to Cardiff, Ryan Kent, Bristol City. We sold Brannigan to Oxford, um, and mm-hmm. then you know Flano on loan to Bolton, and then Bogdan. Uh, Glad he's staying. Uh, <laughs> we, need him, we need him. We need that morale. That's cool. Um, so, any, that, yeah. uh, Tyler, any of those players I just mentioned, maybe that uh, Marco, you, know, you, you want them to get some minutes yeah. and excited to see them get a run out. I mean, I'm certainly. I, you can. I'm sure you guys are aware of this from the Slack chat, but I'm a huge Marco Grujic fan, and I am going to be hugely bummed if uh, if he turns out to be a Lazar Markovic. No offense, yes. Lazar, but um, I, I think he really has watching him play. Um, what was it, uh, Belgrade before he came here. He was so quality and just for such a young kid was so poised in the ball. And every time he's gotten on the field, you know, I think he has that, that just that confidence. You know, we were watching the Arsenal United game and it's just nice to see. And I think what we're lacking a lot of the time is a player in the middle of the field and in our midfield who just gets the ball. And instead of looking to play it backwards or side to side, picks his heads up, picks his head up, and runs at the defense. And, yes, Ox has that occasionally, but I think Gruvich has that in his locker. And uh, I'm very excited to see him play. I was a little disappointed that we didn't keep him around, see if we could get some minutes if there was an injury in the midfield. I think I thought he would have really been good smart. depth. I think it's really, really smart that we did this because if you look at Cardiff and their position in the championship, they're fourth place right now on 51 points. And I think if he goes through this promotion – and actually does get promoted, I think this will be huge for his development and just him as a player. So I think this is a huge opportunity for him. That's cool. I, I, uh, and he's going to play, the, their coach said he's going to start him in every game, and there's a clause in the contract saying if he doesn't play 14 of the 19 or something like that, they get 
a financial penalty. So he's going to get his minutes. Exactly. It's, it's, that's, uh, that was so smart. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, Grooch is one of those players who I feel like also is just not afraid to just have a go from distance, which I don't feel like many of our players have right now. Um, really, you know, really hoping that, that he becomes something and that he makes his, his way into the midfield for us. He's, he's like, what, just our best preseason player of all time? But can't I was just going to say, lot, the, so. ever. The, new, the new Aspas. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so so that's just assessing. I mean, it's crazy to think of, you know, most of them are loans, but just those those players. Oh, and, you know, um, Brannigan, just really quickly, just good for Brannigan. Uh, always been a fan of him. Never knew if he was ever going to make that next step. Uh, obviously not the right time for him. Uh, he's, he is getting older, but just no complaints about him and glad he's, he's able to get a move. Um, I hope he does really well at uh, Oxford. Um, gentlemen, so, so we just discussed our business, you know, you know, bringing in VVD, obviously selling Coutinho and, and the players on loan. Uh, How would you compare our business to other sides? Because we mentioned the likes of Spurs picking up Lucas Mora. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Man U obviously getting Alexis, which, you know, as much as you can have your opinions on him, that's that's a big pickup. Obviously, they're not challenging for the league, but could help them make a run in the Champions League potentially. Yes, their defense is a bit of a shambles, but Bayou come back and maybe he's a big buy for them. City just going crazy and throwing a bunch of money on, on Laporte. Um, you know, he's a very solid center back. Uh, crazy price again there. It's nuts. The, their defenders, what they have for the most five expensive defenders now, maybe even more than that, which is just absurd. But I mean, you know, Pep has the money and he's deciding to use it, especially with company not being, um, you know, healthy all the time. Uh, and Stones as well, just not, you know, he's had a decent season. But, um, I mean, you know, then you also have the likes of, of, of Arsenal bringing in Aubameyang, who, you know, we've been linked with before, obviously, with, you know, the Klopp links. There's a lot of opinions on him, if anyone wants to mention that as well. And then um, Ozil signing a new deal, which was big for them. They do get the swap deal as well for Alexis Mkhitaryan. Uh, and, and Chelsea bringing in Giroud, which is, you know, Arsenal helping a direct rival, but Chelsea, you know, getting a player that, that shakes it up a bit up top when they need something different. Um, gentlemen, so just t- Tyler, you know, like other clubs did make moves. Um, even Chelsea, the Ross Barkley move, I think will be really good for them. <laughs> even Everton making a move for Walcott, who, who scored a couple of goals for them. Uh, yep. It's just, it seems like, you know, they're... Not that we necessarily wanted any of these players or were necessarily linked with any of them, but it just shows that, you know, certain sides are trying to fight for things and they went out and made moves. I do think that the Arsenal the Arsenal move for Aubameyang and bringing in Mkhitaryan, it is... I think them having Mkhitaryan and Ozil on the field at the same time, I'm very curious how that works because they're very similar players in that they're incredibly creatively gifted but they're slight and they tend to get knocked off the ball and don't give much defensive effort. I'm very curious to see if they can all get into the, the same team. If they can, I think that's a brilliant move. I think Aubameyang's like a spectacular forward. Uh, him and Lacazette, like, how are you going to stop those two? That's terrifying up there. And when you have those uh, Ozil and Mkhitaryan playing balls in behind, I think that's going to be scary good. I wasn't that impressed with Chelsea's move for Giroud. He's good, but I don't think he necessarily fits their style of play. Uh, but who knows what Chelsea style of play is right now? Um, Tottenham. All right, I like Lucas Mora. Always expected something out of him. I think he'll be all right. And I actually think that the Sanchez move for United is a bad move. I think it's going to cause problems in the dressing room. It already has. Reports are that Pogba, the 
within minutes of the transfer going through demanded a pay raise to match Sanchez. <laughs> if if you <laughs> have serious? to if you create that animosity between your star players and you create a bankroll where everyone's now making almost double what your average player makes, you know, I think even on the high end at like City and those places, your players get two hundred grand a week and Sanchez is on four hundred and now you gotta pay Pogba that. You're not going to get any other stars through the door without matching that. You're just increasing your bankroll, and at some point, it's united, so it's sustainable. But I just think it's a a dangerous precedent to set. Um, so, for that one reason, Sanchez is a great player. He's 29. I don't know. I don't. I think it was four year contract. Telling your players that it's possible to make 400 plus grand a week, and then you know opening that door for you just signed Lukaku for big money. You've got Pogba. You've got all these superstars. They're going to want a pay raise, and it's going to be either cause friction in the dressing room and or you're gonna have to pay everybody a ton of money more than the, than his market uh for for salaries in the field yeah that's an excellent excellent way to look at it i mean yeah excellent excellent way to look at it excellent. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah i mean you just like you said it's like when the next player wants a, a pay rise or you know like you're bringing another player it's now Sanchez is on 500 a week, which is and what Paul was on 290. It's crazy to think about, and just like you said, yes, it's it's United, so it's sustainable because of the money they bring in, obviously commercially. But that that's where like hypothetically you could see a lot of top clubs going in the future. But they, that step they just made now could screw not just a lot of other clubs over, but definitely themselves in the long term because it's really going to screw up their payroll and it's, it's going to become ridiculous at some point. I get why they did it because the transfer fee was low and he was, in my opinion, he wanted to go to city alley. Uh, that's what I was thinking. And then he's just like, all right, you're going to give me 500 a week. Yes. I will come play for you. That's yeah. It's pretty insane. Curious, yeah. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think, okay, you guys said Arsenal did well, but think about what they did to the other teams that they're fighting top four for. So they gave Alexis away, which is a huge, huge star, great player. They gave Giroud away, which I think, I'm a little against what um, Tyler said, I think he's going to do pretty well for them, even though they're kind of in shambles right now. Morata hasn't been playing well, and they've been after just a big target man. So I think Giroud will come in and do well, especially before a World Cup, you know, World Cup year and wants to make a name for himself for the team. Um, so I think Arsenal hurt themselves more then strengthen themselves for the top four chances or spots, in my opinion. Uh, I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take them hurting themselves. Yeah, you know what's crazy, too, is they just paid Ozil $350 a week now, too. So that's, you know, we're paying Van Dyke, who's now our highest. What is it, $180, I think? Yeah. Is that that what it is? $200, yeah. That's that's absurd that, you know, they're paying Ozil $350 now. I mean, that's crazy. That's going to give their next players a hike, too. I don't know what Aubameyang is going to be making. I would expect it to be around 180-200, maybe something like that. So, um, you know, it, it is crazy. But, Chase, you know, I do agree with you in, in the sense that I think I still think Mkhitaryan is going to, you know, be a very good player. I don't think that going to play for Mourinho was the right choice for him. I mean, he was one of the best players in the Bundesliga before he, he came over. Um, obviously, us paying a lot more attention to, to Dortmund at that time. Um not not that you know we had Klopp or anything like that, but just they were one of the top teams in in Germany, and they're really exciting to watch. Uh, and he was a huge reason why. Um, and you know, I, I think Arsenal might even be able to use him. You know, as we know, we talked to a lot of the purely Arsenal guys, and especially Jack Sessions. And you know, one of his favorite players is Cazorla, and 
Uh, he, you know, obviously his injury woes. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm curious to see if they try and deploy Mkhitaryan. Yes, he's either used as a ten or a winger, but maybe if you can transform him a bit into a little bit deeper lying uh, midfielder, you know, maybe with like a Wilshire behind him, maybe he can fill that role. So then it gives Ozio the chance to flourish. Because um, I mean, if you if you think about it, you have to fit now all those four players up top. It's crazy. So. Um, you know, I agree with you there. I mean, it's just thinking about all these other scenarios for all these other clubs <clears throat> just makes you, you know, not that we don't have quality players, but it just makes you want to, makes you wish that we brought another player in, just like we were talking about earlier, because, you know, I'm, I'm just, Liverpool did not have the greatest end of the year run last year. Or, I mean, I mean, sorry, not the greatest like January, February last year. And, and you're worried mm-hmm. that that might hit again. Um, yes. Klopp has been rotating more, which has been great. And we do have a little bit more depth, but at, at this point, you know, Coutinho, he, he was able to play multiple roles for us. He could play on the wing. He could play in the midfield. So really you're kind of losing in a way two players in terms of if someone were to get injured, he could fill in for any of those roles. Lalana hypothetically can, obviously not as well, but he's injured too. So it's just like, you know, it's just getting worrying, you know, that, that maybe we get tired, especially with Champions League's game, League games coming up and some important league games coming up as well. Um, you know, I don't want to say I'm glad we're out of the FA Cup because it means we have less games. Uh, I wish, you know, I want to win any trophy that we can, and I'm bummed that we're out of that competition now. But... I just, I feel like, again, we need to strengthen. Um, I don't want to keep, you know, beating a dead horse, so we'll go ahead and move on from this subject. But uh, I want to go ahead and then get into, I guess now, we know what our squad is, you know, as of yesterday, so there's no more thinking what it could be. This is what we have now till the end of the season. Um, So let's just assess this team going forward. Ali, let's just get in, let's start from the back because there's been a lot of split opinions on the goalies. Klopp has come out now and said that Karius is his number one. Uh, we've, we've talked about Ward playing, how it's a bummer. He's not being loaned up, but it doesn't sound like he's getting any minutes either. So how do you split this time between Mignolet and Karius? Because we're not in the FA Cup anymore, and league games and Champions League games are obviously important, so you want your best keeper in goal. I think Karius plays the rest of the matches, and that's it. I hope so, right? I mean, you got to give him a run out, don't you, Tyler? Absolutely. I completely, completely agree. The sample size is way too large with Minule. We know what he does. We know yeah. what he's capable of. We know what he can't do. With Karius, it's still kind of in the air. He broke his arm, didn't have a good preseason the first year he came. Low and now we're kind of just playing him to see what he can do. And I think his confidence is low. I think we need to back him, and I think we need to give him a chance. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little excited again, finally, about our goalkeepers. And seeing someone actually make a save last game was, was just <laughs> crazy. Just crazy to see I celebrated an that like a goal in an actual game. I feel like it's been for fucking ever since that happened. <laughs> the, the, we don't give up many shots, but the amount, like the conversion rate, I feel like other teams have against Liverpool is outrageous. Like I feel like the the percentage is just so high, um, and you know that's tough sometimes for keepers where they don't get a bunch of shots on net all the time to keep them alert. But we just we know again, Ali, like you said with Minule, we we know, and again that. That punch against West Brom just like solidified it for me too. Like everything I already knew. Luckily, it was offsides, offside. But he oh, goes yeah. for the oh, punch, yeah. and you're a six foot three, six foot four keeper. You get out jumped when you have your ability to like use your arms, which gives you another 
foot and a half, two feet just to go in the air and you get beaten to the ball. And luckily that was offside for us. Like the guy is just a liability. And yes, he's had some big saves for us because he's a decent shot stopper. But, you know, Karius does bring a little bit more of a quicker outlet. I'm excited to, you know, he... He definitely helps us out in terms of our, our build-up play and maybe some counterattacking quickly. Uh, his distribution's clearly better. I'm just worried that, that he's not the answer. And uh, I still hope that he can prove himself because he had a great year in the Bundesliga before he came to us and we got him for a very low price. So it'd be cool to or nice to be able to say that we got a very good keeper uh, for that price. A lot of keepers have struggled, you know, not comparing him to De Gea or... Um, any of the other keeper keepers that have come to the Premier League and had a rough start and then gotten into it, but you know maybe he just needs a now a good run of games, knowing that he's the number one again and not being pulled out. So um, you know we could talk all day about being linked to Allison and O'Black. I, I think now that the transfer window is done, um, it's it's just you know we'll have to get into that as as the summer gets closer because it, I think it is clear there's no real point in talking about specific targets yet. Um, even though we've been linked to some, because we know that we will be getting a new keeper in the summer. It'd be a huge disappointment if we mm-hmm. didn't. So let's go ahead, Tyler, and move up a bit. Um, Van Dyke, obviously a huge, huge signing. He's going to for sure slot into that left center back role. Who do you pair with Van Dyke in this defense now? You know, I, I, originally I, it was unequivocally Matip, but just the last few games, he's just been surprisingly poor. Ever since we got him, I always assumed that Matip was not the problem. You know, every every partnership he's had, stuff goes wrong. But I always thought that it was the person playing with Matip, either Ragnar or uh, or Dayan. I don't know that that's true anymore. I, I don't know. I think we need to keep rotating and see. Unfortunately, Ragnar was playing great. Klavan was playing excellent before he got injured. You know, he was doing things. It wasn't hard. He was playing very simple, but he was playing very well. Um, and it would have been interesting to see He's very slow. That seems, seems to be his biggest downfall. Um, but Van Dyke is pretty fast, he, he, relatively speaking, for a giant center back. So I think the two of them would have been interesting pairing. Uh, I, I got to say it's a toss-up. I need to see a larger sample size. I was most excited when we purchased Van Dyke to the, the, the thought of pairing him with Matip. And I think that they are our two best center backs. I just don't know that they make the best pairing. I, I haven't seen enough out of them yet. I'd say that's... That's the pairing I'm most excited to see. Just don't know that it's the answer. Yeah, definitely a small sample size. Uh, Ali, you know, I, I do agree with, agree with Tyler. They are two best center backs. But like he said, you don't know if they're the best pairing. They do a lot of similar things. Uh, and you never know if that's a, a good match necessarily. Who would you be partnering next to Van Dyke? Look, Van Dyke, he's going to be just an absolute star for us. Um Loverin, just too many individual mistakes. Klavan, he's just a good squad player. Matip, squad player. So as of right now, Matip hasn't been doing well, but I still pair him with him and give him a chance to, you know, gel and form a partnership, just like you guys mentioned. But in the summer, I look to buy a new center back for VVD. We just need someone that will, you know, have less individual errors because our system isn't really built to help defenders out, but... People with or players with less individual errors will be the ones that play. I completely agree with you. Our system leaves our center backs pretty exposed, and you just got to make sure that you you don't give up any easy shit. Like, uh, you know, if if Lovren starts, and I know we'll get into the Spurs game soon, but like again, just thinking that you just brought me back to the Spurs game, and 
you know, his individual errors alone, just that was the game immediately. And then they took advantage. So, um, you know, you, you can't be playing him. I don't even care if, you know, he, he that he's playing next to Van Dyke. You, you just can't play him. Um, and Tyler, you made a good point that when you, Rognar was, he was, he was playing really, really good football, but again, he's on the left side of the defense and it'd be kind of crazy to make him go to the right just to kind of help Van Dyke out there. Um, yeah, it's fair. I still personally just, I want to see Joe get a run at center back. And I know that he's playing better than Trent at right back right now in terms of being sure defensively. I just, I got to see Joe. I, I would love to see Joe get a run of games before the end of the season, especially next to Van Dyke, especially because Joe, that's his, to me, probably his natural position. He might not end up playing there like long term. Maybe he will be a right back, but I, I feel like the right side of right sided center back is his natural position, and I feel like they would be a great pairing. I feel like they're just two beasts. They're both good on the like they're just both all round good players. Obviously, Van Dyke is you know the next level. Uh, and Joe six inches taller. <laughs> yeah, and still still has a lot to prove. Joe does, <clears throat> but I, I still am just under the impression that that Joe. I mean, what we're talking about. Four center backs, and we can't even pick right now. Like, at least give the guy who you know maybe is young and can learn from his mistakes. Give him a run of games. See if it even works. We haven't even seen that. There is no sample size of him and Van Dyke together, or him and really anyone in terms of that matter. So, I'm still, I still want him to, to start in the defense. I don't think it'll happen, but that's where I would go with it. Uh, that's a that's such a good shout. I you know we've been saying that all all year long in the Slack channel. I think if Klein's healthy. And Trent didn't botch a couple of games this season, including West Brom and City. I think it's possible. If we were going to see it, I think we would have probably seen it already. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. I think everyone knows it. Everyone's talking about it. I'm sure Klopp is a smart coach. He knows it and is talking about it too. Maybe that is a plan for next year because um, I did see us linked with some right backs uh, in the in the market, which was pretty surprising considering we have both Trent and. And Gomez, but um, I think both Trent and Gomez could end up in different positions than right back. I agree. Yeah, we, you know, I think Trent can play anywhere on the pitch. Um, Ali, do you start Albi or do you start Andy? Ooh, okay. So I'm the biggest Alberto Moreno <laughs> fan in the world. Can't find someone that likes him more. Um, but Robertson, I just feel more confident with him in. I feel like, I don't know. He doesn't make that many individual mistakes. Goals aren't scored because of him. And his crosses, early crosses, are really good. So I, I, I stick with Robinson right now and let, let Albi try to fight his way through. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's like Albi had a really good start to the season. He was down, putting a lot of... Uh, you know, he was our best player at yeah. the beginning of the season. It was crazy to think about. A little about bit, yeah. <clears throat> we were actually talking about that. It was crazy to think about. And he was proving a lot of people wrong. Ty, I mean... Do you do you put Albion knowing that you know maybe against the so-called lesser teams because he I still think he's excellent attacking wise. Um, do you start him and then maybe Andy you know some of the uh, games where we you know need to be a little bit more defensive or is it just white and uh, white and black with you like you just there's a player that you want to go with right now. So. Yes, I think I, the, the latter is true. I want to go with, with Robertson right now. I think he's earned his run in the team. I think he is playing well. 
I uh, I think when we when Champions League comes back, we're going to be playing games every four days, and um, I think we're going to see a lot of both of them. You know, there's going to be rotation, as it should be with the rest of the squad. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the same depth everywhere else. These guys, one could start, and I'm not overly concerned. You know, I, I'm excited when Albert uh, Alberto Moreno plays, which is crazy for me to say out loud. Um, but you know, when he plays, it's something different. But of course, I'm also equally excited when uh, Robertson plays. I, I am. I do find something with, curious with Robertson. If you look at the last couple of games, there, there are a bunch of goals given up. They're not his fault. It's not like he's doing anything wrong. It's not like he's out of position. But they're all. A lot of them are scored on his side between him and the center back that he's supposed to be close to. And I'm not sure if it's a you know how it's happening or what exactly. If he's doing anything wrong, I'd have to go back and watch some film. But I'm just curious to see how that develops. I don't think. I think he's doing everything he can. I think it's just coincidental. But a lot of the goals are coming down, you know, his side and ending up uh, being scored on his side. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I think a lot of teams tactically, you know, a lot of managers want to go after him and go after that side, uh, especially knowing that we're more stout on the on, on you know, usually when Gomez plays on the right side. So uh, I right. definitely agree with you with that. Um, let's go ahead and move up a little bit further up the pitch. Hendo is is healthy again, gents. Uh, we can just leave out Lalana for the minute. Um, you know, actually, I, I do want to get your opinion on Lalana too, if he if he was fully fit, because let's just say he comes back within the next month too. Uh, so let's go with you know everyone's fit because you know if Lalana does come back, I know he had a little setback. Who would be your starting midfield three, Ali? Great question. Um, <clears throat> so this is going to be unpopular, I believe, but. I think watching Henderson come back in the in the side, uh, we felt more fluid, but only Henderson with Emir Chan. So I want Hendo in the six, even though Emir Chan is uh, is usually my six. Um, Emir Chan a little further forward, <clears throat> and then I want Genie. I, I like that three. Yeah, I feel like you need Genie in there to break it up because whenever, <clears throat> usually for us, when I see it, is that. Hendo and Emre don't normally play well together, but I do agree with you when they came in the last game, it, it kind of felt a little bit more fluid. I think Genie might break that up a bit. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? So I actually think we have a, a strong contingent of midfield players. I think we are, if you look at, if you break them down positionally, a six, you know, six, eight, ten. I think we're very, we have a lot of good, uh, we have good sixes. We have very good eights. We, I don't even know that we do have a 10. You know, Lalana's, Lalana's great, but we haven't seen him in the position for over five months. I, I, I can't have three players who are, you know, either number sixes or number eights playing in the, uh, on the field at the same time because nothing happens in the midfield. And then we, we end up in these situations where basically you bypass the midfield completely. They're just passing to each other side to side. Then you give the ball to Salah or Mane and they sort of, and Bobby, and rely on those front three to make it happen. I guess I'm okay with that if they're going to score a couple of goals a game. It doesn't look as good. It's not as fun because there's no fluidity between the uh, the midfield and the attack. I think that's completely lacking when you don't have like a creative force in the midfield. Uh, if I if I had to put everyone's healthy, I have to put a lineup together. I'm going to say that I want Hendo and Sean um, both sitting as sort of like number sixes to so play like a two deep lining center defensive mid. Let Lana float as a number ten playing behind the three up top. So it's really sort of like a six at the back. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's just like you said, we have a, a 
good depth of midfielders. We don't have maybe elite midfielders. You know, hopefully Keita comes in and changes mm-hmm. that. Um, we have a good crop of players. We, you know, I, I would say yeah. that there's not yeah. one player that really stands out. Whenever we talk about the midfield, it's usually like it's just a mix of so many players. There's not really that one player who like always has to be in there all the time. For some people, it's Emre. For some people, it's Hendo. For some people, it's Lalana in that in the attacking position. Um, you know, you really can rotate a bunch with that. So for me, I know that Hendo it seemed a little bit more fluid. Maybe that helps a little bit. The only reason why I might be leaning that way is is just like out of pure like hatred and like just <laughs> like bitterness that Emre is most likely leaving and going to mm-hmm. Juve. So like, yes, in my opinion, he is our best number six, and I like him on the pitch at all times. It's like I'm just so bummed out that he hasn't signed a new contract and. Um, it's kind of making me like slowly just try and wean off Emre a little bit. Just like, all right, yep. um, I don't mind if Hendo comes in now. So when I would have always said Emre, I can't, I'm probably going to get so much shit in this for Slack too. Um, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Hendo in the six, but that would I would have to agree with Ali. Like I feel like Hendo would have to or uh, Emre would have to play if Hendo was going to be in the six. I just feel like Emre does bring a little bit more. Um, I guess aggressiveness too, even if he's in the attacking positions a little bit more. I, I just I do feel like he he brings something to, you know to the midfield that Hendo doesn't necessarily do. Uh, and then I I wouldn't mind playing Ox with that um, with that three. Uh, I, I do feel like Ox has earned his place in the side. And listen, I I love Genie and against the big sides, I would I'd probably put Genie in my team against the top you know six sides uh, in the league besides us. I, I would probably probably put him in the starting eleven. Um, but but he just he seems non-existent against uh, you know other sides and especially teams we need to break down, which is just weird because he was an attacking player a lot of his career and played the ten. So I know he's playing Play, a further pack the pitch, but play Genie at home, Ox away. Yeah, yeah, right. That that's the only way to win. But I mean. I, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, I feel like Emre and Ox, you know, they got engines, they could get forward. None of them are, neither of them are, like, particularly the best at playing that final ball, which is what we're missing, which is what I hope we bring in in the summer. Um, but, like, Lalana for me, I just, first, he's not fit. Second, I just, I for me, I, he's just not in my starting 11. I do like him. I, I, I never, like, complain when he's in the starting 11. He's just not my first choice. Um, and then Hendo sitting behind. So you, you at least give the license for Emre and Ox to go forward a little bit when they want to. And, you know, even Ox has shown this year he can get back and make a tackle. So no problem with that. Um, anyways, that that would be my, my midfield three for sure is is seeing those three guys in there. Uh, I don't think there's really a need for us to move to, to the attack because it's it's pretty clear. Yes, Monty yep. has had a, a, a pretty poor run of form, but I mean, you don't change that top three. That's just, you leave that how it is. You, you pray that nobody gets injured and you ride with that to the end of the season, no matter what. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one, one quick thing about Monty though, I, I think people are giving him too much shit for not doing as well as, as he did last season. Look, he was injured. He got a red card and he's playing on the left side now to accommodate for Salah. So I think he's doing perfectly for what what, what we're asking him to do. Just want to I'm point. With you. I think people are giving him giving him shit. I agree with that. I think it's unnecessary. If anything, he's a player, and we've seen it. Look at that, like two, three, 
game stretch where his head was like slumped, his shoulders were slumped. You could see it in his body language. He wasn't even like sprinting for the ball. He was complete, and he was still scoring goals. I think like you got to get behind a player like that. It's a, it's a confidence game. Make him feel loved. The fans should not be you know heckling him and all that stuff. They should be fully supporting him. And I think I think he'll come good again in no time. He's just bummed because his African buddy isn't on the team with us now um, in Keita. So I, I feel for him too. Sorry, Sadio. He's coming <laughs> soon. He'll be here in the summer. Yeah, I mean, he, listen, like he. He's one of those players that can take over a game when he decides to. If he drops a little bit deeper and takes the ball and just runs through the center of the defense, like I don't think we have any questions about our front three right now. Uh, Firmino's been excellent this season. You know, no need to really talk about Salah. It's just it's crazy how it's just continuing. I know a lot of people were upset with the pen and that whole situation where Milner ended up giving it to him. It, it does seem like maybe Salah like whether it's confidence or whether it's like he wants to maybe break the record. I, I do like how Milner actually handed that over. I, I got to say it wasn't yeah. the greatest pen though. It, it was not a great pen and I'm still a little worried. Like if the keeper had guessed the right way, I don't, I think that would have been saved. So at, at um, this point, whatever goes in, I'm down. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, you got to <laughs> score those. So, so yeah, su- super yeah. happy with what, what he's done. Um, absolutely. am. I, it's just it's crazy it seems like everything's so casual right now like is do you guys think he's going to continue this run of form out it, it, it's been elite like if he would have scored what he's scored now at this point in the season um and it was the end of the year you'd be like holy hell yeah like, yeah that's that's a great return from him but it's only january so ali do you think like he could at least keep up maybe 80 90 percent of what he's been doing I think if he scores 11 more goals he's our highest goal scorer right in the premier league when the premier league yeah, started crazy. so um, I really hope he does, but if he scores zero more goals, I'm still very happy with him. So yep. whatever he's doing at this point, in addition, is just all bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, like thinking about him breaking Suarez's record, like I didn't think anyone was ever going to do that for Liverpool. I think we were all shocked with how quickly he, he hit the ground running. I, I'm just happy. I've been comment, commenting on this regularly. It's nice to see him and Mane actually passing the ball to each other again feel like they maybe weren't on the best terms for a bit. They're like looking for each other with through balls, getting some assists. I'm looking forward to see their relationship grow on the field. Just now talking it out and looking back and seeing what we have now moving forward. I mean, we should be making the top four, gentlemen. I I do still think we have the squad to be able to do that. Um, Still bitter about not bringing anyone in, but at the same time, Klopp believes in the players. We have a deep enough squad right now and a good enough starting 11 to, to continue this run. And, and up next is Spurs. And Ali, I mean, what a huge game this is. Could be a huge swing. Uh, this could put a, a pretty decent gap between us and Spurs for, for the top four uh, and continue in third place um, right above Chelsea. Or this could kind of let Spurs get right back into it. Yeah, they're coming off a lot of confidence from beating United 2-0. Um, I think... They're playing us at a weird time where we're kind of winning and losing and not really hitting a good set of form. But off a win, Huddersfield, that's that's good for us. We're at home. It's a six-point game for us. If we win this, I think we're good good for top four with our momentum and our, our team. But I think it's one of the biggest games of the season, bigger than the FA Cup game that we lost. Yeah, and uh, Ty, we, we need to just keep this run of form going. Yes, other teams strengthen, but I mean – Klopp has rotated the squad enough to where I think we can continue this. And 
Um, you know, Spurs, big, big win for them against Man U. And, you know, they seem like they, they're kind of a hot and cold team. Like, they'll have some shockers out of nowhere. Um, but then, you know, they can beat the big sides anytime they want to. So, a bit worried going into this game. Yeah, they're, they're a good side. And they it wasn't just the win, necessarily. If you watch that game, they kind of manhandled them. You know, yeah. United really didn't do much. They didn't really create much. They were they were all over them. So uh, I, they're definitely coming off of a of a good match and um, high on confidence. I think even though we won three 0 I don't think we looked particularly goal, good. The goals, it's not like the offense was flowing. They sort of came out of uh, out of nowhere. You know, Emery blasted a shot. You get a penalty. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I, I'm a little worried as well, but with our it's going to be a midfield ma- battle, isn't it? It's all about I the agree. midfield. Yeah, I agree. I think if we can figure out how to stop, shut down Christian Eriksen, uh, Tottenham, Tottenham loses. Yeah, Kane has just been otherworldly, guys, and that's you know it's. I think that's the clear choice of if you said, oh, who are you most worried about going into this game? It would clearly be him because, I mean, he really is on another level. He's continued this for for three years now, but you're like not this high of a goal scoring rate. But I mean, the last three years he's been consistent in putting the ball in the back of the net and like. It's weird. He, you, you look at him, you're like, dude, you never played a, a day of soccer in your life, a day of football in your life. And, I mean, he, he's just outrageously good and amazing. So you're, you're obviously worried about him. But, I mean, Ali, if you had to be worried, if there's one player that, that you would say that we need to watch out for in this game, whether it's maybe someone that not a lot of people are thinking about or maybe the obvious choice, who would that be? Christian Eriksen for me. I think if they win the midfield battle, like Tyler and I just said, they're going to feed Kane, and he's just going to destroy us. But I think it's all about the midfield battle. And I think if we can dominate them there, we're going to destroy them. Yeah, it's definitely a good shot. I mean, he is that, – that would probably be the obvious choice just because he is just such an important player for them, such a good player. Tyler, what if, do you got? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I said earlier today I watched the uh, the Arsenal-United game over the weekend. I meant the, uh, the Tottenham-United game. Erickson was just all over them. You know, he gets the ball. Even the dummies, the, the the balls he lets go through, it's just like everything he did was coming off. If he's in that form and you're giving him that much space and he's running at you, you're in trouble. Yeah, he's he's an excellent player. I remember we were linked with him slightly a little bit ago, Ali, and we we were talking about it, you know, a while back, you know, years ago, how much we wanted him. So uh, Spurs Spurs tend to do that. They they get players kind of under the radar and just they're a lot better than you think. Kind of like their manager, kind of like Potch, you know. They, they're just one of those teams that they're better than you think. They have more weapons than you think. And one of those weapons that I actually don't like going up against is Son. I think Son's been a really, really good player for them this season. Uh, with Lucas Moura coming in, it, it is direct competition for him on that left wing. I think his place is the most in jeopardy, even though he's had a very good season. So I think he's you know primed to maybe have That's a, a good shout. Um, you know, he's just he's just such an excellent player. I think right now, in my opinion, along with maybe Bobby Firmino, who's starting to get a little bit more noticed, thankfully, this year. Um, Son is probably one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. Uh, but again, uh, you know, one of the players that, that I would actually like to point out right now is uh, Davidson Sanchez. And what a great buy he's been for Spurs. I mean, Spurs get these these defenders for... I mean, he, he was a pretty penny, but... Um, a lot cheaper than what other defenders are going for. And he's been excellent for them since he came in. Uh, Alderweireld is back in training and he's healthy, but a lot of what I've been reading is Spurs fans want Sanchez to be starting right now alongside Vertonghen. 
um, now that they're going with a back four, which is crazy to think about because Alderweireld is one of the best, if not the best, center back in the Premier League. Uh, but that just shows you again how how good you know their defense is and the and the depth of their squad. So I think it's going to be tough getting past that that uh, those, those two center backs and you know Loris. We all know about him and what a quality keeper he is. Uh, that save that he had against. Uh, Martial at the near post, like Minule, I'm sorry, Minule is mm-hmm. not making that save. He's just not. He's getting beat near post. Carries is getting beat near post. Um, so you know those keepers can make a difference. So again, a lot of weapons that they have, uh, a lot deeper than than they have. Uh, Tyler, they're they're a team that plays a lot like Liverpool. They uh, you know possess the ball. They're good at counterattacking. Uh, you know, and they they press. You know, I think they're maybe the second highest pressing team to us in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, these are usually high scoring games. What, what do you see happening in this one? 3-1 Liverpool. I think they're, uh, I think they're, they're, they're coming in confident, but I think, uh, I think we're going to come out and we're going to punch them in the nose. We, we play well in these big games and they've got a very good defense. We've got a very good offense. As long as our defense shows up, I think, uh, and our midfield doesn't just let get walked all over. Uh, I think we, we got this and, uh, I'm going with a confident three-one. I like that, Ali. Is it just a matter of Dejan Loving not Dejan Loving not <laughs> playing for us to solidify the point here? No, I think it's a matter of it's not a Monday game; it's a Sunday game, so we'll win. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god, yeah, we do play way better on Sundays, huh? For some reason, um, we're at Anfield. They might be better from back to front as a whole, but we're at home and we have Salah from Inomane. We're gonna win that fucking game our midfield's gonna destroy them Emir Chan's gonna come big we're gonna win 3-0 Ooh, Ooh, I like it I like, I like it I, I'm carries with a clean sheet then that me likey um I I'm gonna go 3-2 and it's gonna be a nail biter because we don't get anything easy and I, I don't see us keeping them out of our of the back of our net um and especially just with Kane, like even Kane playing against United, he didn't even score, but he like controlled the game. Like he bossed mm-hmm. their center backs. He has become such a good all round player that I just, I don't see them not scoring in this game. So uh, it's crazy because when he drops in, Son is so smart in the positions yes. he takes. Yeah. That that's what scares me the most. Yeah. I mean, they, they gel really well together. They, they know each other well. They've all been playing with each other for a while. So, um, they know each other's tendencies, and uh, again, I think it's going to be a tough game. Ali, I think you did point out the difference, though. It's at home, and uh, it, it, our fans know it's a huge game, and it's going. I think it's going to be rocking at Anfield, and um, I think Mane is going to be the difference. I think Mane is going to have a big game for us. Um, again, not that he's in a super poor run of form, maybe by his standards he is, but uh, I do think he's going to be the difference. So. Gentlemen, appreciate you getting on tonight. It was good talking to you guys again. It's been a couple weeks since we've been on, and it's been a little while since we've had you guys on. So, lovely right. to have you on, uh, Ali. Where can we find you on Twitter? Ali G underscore FP. And Tyler. Uh, just follow Ali. Yeah, I love, it. <laughs> I love how I love how Tyler's just like no, no, none of that, none of that business. Um, you can find us uh, at Talk On FP. You can find me at J Vishney on Twitter. Uh, gentlemen, big, so shout big, out to the Canarian game. boys too. Yes, please. Yes, Canarian Blue. Oh, excellent, excellent pod. Uh, yes. If you haven't listened to the Ronaldinho Phenomenal. pod yet, you you must go oh, listen to that. That podcast. was so good. So good. Um, please, please go listen. To that really, really well done. 
Um, and I mean, they're just always coming out with quality stuff. So you can find them. Is, I think it's at Canary and Blue FP. Is that right? Correct. And if you look at the Ronaldinho piece, look at the art. The podcast itself is just as good. So yeah, take, a, take a listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really good stuff. Um, they're all and you know, especially with the World Cup coming out. Go support our boy Bobby and future goalkeeper Allison and go listen to all the boys talk about everything Brazilian. So, <laughs> gentlemen, appreciate you getting on. As always, talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on.